Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Joe Person of The Athletic, of course, you can follow him on Twitter, at Joseph Person. Joe joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. I mean, we got to talk about the mock draft, Joe. I mean, look, you look at the four picks that you nailed, right? It wasn't exactly right there at the exact spot you expected some of these players to go, but you had the Panthers taking Bryce Young one, Mingo in round three, Chandler Savala as well, and you even had DJ Johnson, except a little bit later, who got drafted earlier, but you got four of the five picks there. I mean, Joe, this is ha- this has to be the best mock draft you've ever done in your life. It is. It is, man. I, I hope it makes up for the years, uh, the ones where I've like maybe went one for seven. Uh, I've typically been pretty good with with the first rounder. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this year was this year. I think we all got the first rounder right. Um, and frankly, I think they should have drafted T.J. Johnson when I had them drafting him in the fifth round, <laughs> and, I, and then I would have nailed that one in terms of. Uh, the, the right guy at the right spot, but you know, it, it, I, I think a lot of it was was just that was some lucky stuff. I mean, I, I I was sort of obviously looking at their needs, looking at some of their the, the the pro days they went to, some of the guys they had in for top thirty visits, and you know, and, and some of these uh, like the Zavala, the Zavala guy, I just thought that was a cool story. Mm-hmm. Like get him in, put him next to Icky again, and, and let them you know, run amok on the left side of the offensive line, potentially. So it was fun. I mean, I, I know I, I kind of was going uh, back and forth a little bit on Twitter yesterday with Bill Both, who was kind of poking uh, beat writers mock drafts. And I sent a link to, to this yeah. particular one. And, and he, did not respond, <laughs> he did not respond. I don't even know if he if he if he read it. You hear that, Bill? It, it was all in good fun. You hear that, Bill? Joe Person isn't missing on mock draft. It's a daddy move. of the draft drafted players Joe person nailed maybe at different spots but we, we got it right and you're right Joe like at the end of all of this I think most of us did have Carolina taking Bryce Young number one overall we had the CJ Stroud drama we flirted with Anthony Richardson just for a little bit how early did you feel Bryce was the guy and when were you ready to go all in on him being the first pick you know it, it, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say it was right right away mm-hmm. I, I think like a lot of us I was connecting the dots to big quarterbacks and Frank Reich. And frankly, I think that's kind of what the conversations were in the building. Like Frank Reich on Thursday night, I asked him, I said, did you need some convincing on this? And he said, you know, he said, I hear, and he laid it out. I appreciated how he kind of took us behind the scenes. And he said, second week he was here. They're having like the pre-combine meeting. And he listened as Scott Fitter and the scouts went around the room. And the question Fitter posed was, if we go up to number one, who would you want? And it was anonymous, excuse me, unanimous, um, that it was, that it was Bryce. Well, 
after that meeting or at the end of it, Fitterer says to, to Reich, look, you take your time. You, you know, we don't need, you know, we don't need to hear your answer right now. And I think that tells, it, it, it told me anyway, that I think Reich might have been leaning towards Stroud at that point, or at least had an open mind and was, you know, wanted to go through the process. He was definitely not, yes, let's go do Bryce Young right now. And, you know, it was the end of February, you know, so, so he didn't need to be there quite yet. But I thought that was fascinating. Um, so after the pro days, to, to get back to your question, I, I, you know, you started hearing from people around the league just like who had been at both pro days, who had been at all of them for that matter, and they and and I was having people text or call me and say, I think it's Bryce. I mean, and these are these are smart people who've been in the NFL a long time, and uh, and and I do think that's when they started to get convicted. Then the S two score, of course, mm-hmm. like that whole thing, and it it just. It really started leaning heavily in Bryce's favor. Well, and Joe, I want to go back to that conversation between Reich and Fitterer. I mean, for so long, when Scott Fitterer was hired as the GM, we had the conversation trying to speculate. You guys were trying to report on just how the power structure was within that organization. Okay, Matt Rule, 51% contractual control over the roster if it comes down to a final say. Can you? Can you, I don't know, get a sense on the difference between how maybe a Reich and Fitterer are working together right now compared to how Fitterer and Matt Rule were working together in the previous regime? You know, in fairness, Scott Fitterer, and, and, part, and, and I don't say this as a negative, he is a consensus builder type of dude. Like, that was his reputation when they hired him. Like, he's, he's a guy that, that people like working with and for him. And I, I think he made it work with rule. I mean, I, I, I do think sometimes uh, Matt would, would sort of talk. Um, I, I think he would convince Tepper and Fitter that let's most recently that, Hey, let's, let's make a play for Baker Mayfield. We need this guy. And, and, and he did, if, if he, if he wanted to come down to it, could, as you say, pull the contractual uh, trump card. Mm-hmm. I don't think it ever really got to, to that point because I, I you know, I, Fitter has said that he he liked working with Matt. They had a decent and a, a good relationship, and I believe him. And um, I, I I just think though that that Rule had pretty strong convictions, uh, you know, I, and strong convictions briefly. That would change like within a year and all the flip-flopping of quarterbacks. I, I think Fitter had made it clear all along that his preference would be to draft and develop a guy. Now, they weren't necessarily there the last couple. They, they went to pro days last year, and they took Matt Corral but didn't do it, as you know, until the third round. So, I mean, it wasn't like they, they felt great about Mac Jones or Justin Fields, you know, the year before that. I mean, they did their homework. It's just I think this year it all kind of came together that they felt good about the couple guys at the top of this draft. Joe Person on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at Joseph Person. Now, they took Jonathan Mingo in the second round at 39th selection. Were there any other receivers that the Panthers coveted that they would have selected had Mingo been gone? Yeah, it's a great question. I I don't know. Uh, I You know, I know – 
they went and, and scouted John, uh, excuse me, uh, Downs, Josh Downs at, at North Carolina. I think they had some other receivers in. Um, a lot of people were looking at, at outside the building. We're looking at Jaden Reed out of Michigan State, but they felt pretty good about Mingo. I mean, it's it the history and the track record of. I'm sure you guys have discussed this. Old Miss second round receivers has been pretty impressive when you're talking about AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. Obviously, Mingo did not have their production in college to match those guys. But he's got a heck of a skill set, that size-speed combination. Um, he's a possession-type receiver with strong hands at the point, you know, kind of at, at the point of, of attack on, on jump balls. And, uh, and, and, and he, he's got the opportunity, to, as he said, <laughs> take a five-yard hitch and turn it into an 80-yard touchdown. He does have, um, you know, uh, yards after catch capabilities big time not unlike LaVisca Cheneau so I thought I just think it's cool you know we we've seen this in 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 recent drafts with uh with with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase uh Pickett and Pickens at Pittsburgh but but for to to pair a, a a first round quarterback with a with a wide receiver in his rookie class have them have an opportunity to develop some chemistry, kind of, you know, mature and develop together. I think that can be pretty special. Uh, doesn't always work, but but I, I like the pick of, of Mingo. And then how much did the presence of Israel Evero play into them taking D.J. Johnson? Because they've taken a lot of heat for that pick. And, and what do you think that they saw in him to take him where they did? Well, they just saw the tools and the traits. And I they did this. Uh, remember, at the end of last year's draft, I think it was both of the, both of these guys were third day. Uh, Brandon Smith and Amare Barno, guys who Smith at Penn State, Barno at Virginia Tech. You look at their stat sheet and think, mm, you know, but then you look at their like combine numbers, and they were like among the fastest guys at their position, and and you know, great, you know, just certainly passed the eye test physically. Uh, and and their traits had out outperformed their their college production, and I I think DJ Johnson is is in that same boat. Um, the thing that you, you get concerned about is they always talk about best player available that we're gonna we're gonna set up our board we're gonna we're gonna take care of as many needs as we can in free agency so that we're not reaching during the draft. And it just felt like DJ Johnson was a reach. I, I mean, I think it's almost universally agreed upon now that, and, and Scott Fitter said, look, we were, there was a little run on, on defensive ends, edge rushers in the third round. He was one of the last edge guys still on our board. We went up and got him and it, it, it might work out. Um, the, 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 the thing that would trouble me a little bit is that DJ Johnson spent six years in college, one at Miami five at Oregon and he's still considered a raw prospect at 24. That's a red light for me. And and then when you look at the depth that the Panthers have at safety, what type of role do you envision for Jamie Robinson early, and do they see him as a projected starter type safety down the road? Maybe. I mean, he's – first of all, I like – 
talking to him on the Zoom the other day. He had a real swagger, a real edge. I wrote a little bit about him this morning in The Athletic. Just that I did kind of a sort of some some leftover stuff from the draft that I hadn't gotten to. And he, he talked about how sitting there for – and it's not like he waited to the seventh round, but he waited to the fifth round. And he said, you know, I was pretty upset. He said, I, I don't – Looks like we lost Joe Person just for a moment there. Hopefully we can bring him back. Oh, back. We'll get In him back. Just a moment and then finish out what is uh, an interesting Q&A with him given some of the players that they drafted. I think we can agree DJ Johnson was the most criticized selection. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm interested in too, and I kind of followed up, it is the dynamic between GM and head coach where Frank Reich maybe did need a tiny bit of convincing on Bryce Young. You know, not a ton, but maybe just a tiny bit of convincing with Bryce Young eventually being the guy where Joe Person would label Scott Fitter as a consensus builder. And so it makes sense that eventually they would settle on the Alabama QB. Joe Person, I think we have him back on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Again, make sure you're following him on Twitter, at Joseph Person, writes about the Panthers for The Athletic. Joe, I know you were talking about Jamie Robinson, how fun it was hearing from him on the zoom seems like an interesting character yeah um sorry about that i'm sure what happened um he's got a real edge to him he he said that he got a little ticked off sitting there for three days of the draft and wait you know until the fifth round to hear his name called i looked it up and and i don't want to compare the two but josh norman had a real edge to him you know coastal carolina small school he got picked in the fifth round with the 143rd pick in 2012. Jamie Robinson goes 145. I just think he's going to come in and at a minimum, I think he's going to be a terrific special teams player. I mean, he, this is a guy who went to Florida state after transferring from South Carolina and led the team in tackles two years in a row. I think he led the Seminoles in interceptions one year, uh, I think he's an in-the-box type of guy like Von Bell, so I don't know how much he's going to get on the field, defensive field right away. But but he's an intriguing guy, and I think he's certainly going to be like a core special teams player. Well, and Joe, look, I mean, they only picked five players after trading up. There's only so much that you can take care of. With that being said, is there something you felt the Panthers really wanted to address that they did not once the draft was over? I First of all, this was something I wanted to see them do, and, yeah. they, and I don't think it was ever high on their board. It was such a deep tight end group, I wouldn't have minded them. Had they traded back, which I think this, this is what I had, the thing I did in my mock that did not happen, is if they had traded back, picked up an extra pick, and gotten Cam Relatu, who played with Bryce Young in Alabama, I like the tight end position. I understand why they didn't feel real necessary, that it was a need to do so having signed Hayden Hurst, having reworked Ian Thomas's contract, which, which kind of locked them in with him for a couple more years. Uh, but something where I do think they had a need was at sort of corner slash nickel. They might make the point that Jamie Robinson plays nickel so that they, that they kind of scratch that itch there. But um, I don't know. The nickel situation... I put this in my depth chart yesterday. I've, I've heard a little buzz that they might look at Dante Jackson in the slot. I don't know if that'll end up happening, but I, nickel feels to me like one spot. And I know Jeremy Chin's going to play nickel like in big sub packages like Shaq Thompson used to, but, but that was corners. I, I thought they might take a corner a third day. 
Joe, and then when you look at, we talked about the undrafted free agents yesterday. We talked about Rajon Wright of Last Chance U fame, but were there any other uh, undrafted free agents that the Panthers picked up that kind of caught your eye or did Wright catch your eye? What do you think about that? Uh, the guy I've been talking about a lot is Bumper Pool. There you go. <laughs> Just A, he's got the great name that's like born for a linebacker. But, but this dude, like, and, and, you know, tackles sometimes, like, I get it. They can be sort of misleading stats. But when you play in the Southeastern Conference and you have 90 to 100-plus tackles all four years, you're a player. And, and you know, they brought him in for a, a top 30 visit. As you said, Walker, they only had the five picks. So I didn't make, you know, I didn't, I didn't think they were going to pick him in the fifth, fourth or fifth round. But um, that inside linebacker spot, Frankie Louvu is a, a guy I think is going to has been and will continue to be a chess piece for them. Um, so right now they have. I don't know why my dog is all of a sudden being a real weirdo. Sorry, you might hear. Um, Bumper Pool is my guy among this undrafted free agents, and uh, that, 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 that's let, let's get. I I, I got to hear the. The just like I was very interested in asking Chandler Savala about the 25 pounds of prime rib his father mailed to him at uh, Fairmont State, Montclair State, wherever it was in West Virginia. I definitely got to hear the name origin for Buster Pool. Yeah, we need to know that. We need to know all of the stories. Plus, Jamie Robinson, as Joe mentioned on Twitter, too. Apparently, his neighbor had a Panther beanie when he was drafted, and then he was able to get that. You can check out more on Joe's Twitter timeline. Joseph Person, go follow him. Panthers beat writer for The Athletic. Just dropped something here about the Panthers doing business. A little insight on David Tepper. And also, by the way, he talked about Jamie Robinson having that dog in him. And Joe Person also referenced one of his articles earlier, I believe a couple months ago, he's saying that something was lit. Like, Joe, you have the vernacular down from us young people here. Well, I've got two in college and one one in high school, so I have to try to at least, you know, kind of front. <laughs> <laughs> I have to front a little bit. There you bit, go. I'm sure, I'm sure that phrase is like, if my kids heard me say that, they'd be cringing because it's probably way dated. That's Joe Person joining us right now with the great vernacular from one of the young guns, man. We appreciate it, Joe. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Joe. Y'all have a great week. All right.